Blog Talk Radio. Right, y'all. Hey, welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. How y'all doing out there this wonderful afternoon? Hope everybody's having a great day and your week has been wonderful. All right, man, we got a great show planned for you today, and I hope you're ready. You're ready. It's open mic. Yeah, baby. I love it when it's open mic because you get to tell me what you want to talk about. I get to hear what you want to talk about today and what concerns you, and that's always a great thing. Uh, let's see what else we got for you. I got a couple of for you. Oh, yeah. We can get your Wednesday started off right. Um, also, we have. Uh, we have me. <laughs> That's right. We have me talking about a whole lot of stuff. And um, hopefully, you you can comment on that as well. Or you can choose to comment on something different. I, it's your day today. Open mic. And open mic means you control the conversation. That's right. Um, let's see. Let me tell you how you can be a part of the show. It makes it easier, right? 
The easiest way is just give me a call at 347-838-8622. Once again, that's 347-838-8622. You can also email me at ericletslets.talk at gmail.com. Don't forget our chat room is open at www.blogblogtalkradio at, uh, I'm sorry, Ooh, let me slow down. All right, let's try that again. Chat room is open at www.blogblogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Okay? And for those that have other means of communicating with me, you can do that throughout the show as well. Before the show, after the show, it doesn't matter. <laughs> because I will be here for you. All right? So those are all the ways you can talk to me today. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing from each and every one of you. Okay? Now, with that being said, we have a lot going on, man. i tell you, a lot going on. And between uh, the, the Democrats, the Republicans, Dells, uh, oh, man, what else? Uh, conspiracy theories. Oh, un- unfortunate Dells. You know, which calls into question, you know, should we really, really trust law enforcement sometimes? Uh, just a whole lot of things we're going to be talking about. So just hang in there with me, and we're going to make this happen, all right? So it's that time, y'all, for get your Friday started right. I got a couple of songs of the day for you, and I hope you enjoy them. And uh, we'll see y'all back here in a few minutes. Enjoy.
All right, that was your two songs of the day, Jonathan Butler Live, and then you have Yankee Daddy and Despacito. Uh, if I could speak Spanish, I would sing it for you. But since I can't speak Spanish, I won't do that. Okay, anyway, welcome back to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk. Hey, how y'all doing out there? Glad to be back on the air, man. I tell you, whew, this last week has been something crazy with the last two weeks. But I'm here today, and I made today open mic. I want to hear what's on your mind, so let me hear it today. You know what I mean? But if you don't, you know, I can talk too, man. You know, I can talk. All right, anyway. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you how you can call in and let me know what's on your mind. The easiest way is call me at 347-838-622. You can email me at Eric Let's L-E-T-S, talk at gmail.com. Chat room is open at www. Oh, Lord, hammer. I'm talking too fast again. Here you go www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Okay? So those are the ways you can participate in the show, and I want to hear what you got to say. Now, for those other individuals out there that's listening to the show that have other ways of communicating with me, I I encourage you to use those methods as well. Uh, We do it all kind of ways. But I want to hear what's on your mind today, y'all, because there's a lot going on out here, and uh, I, I, man, I couldn't even keep up with it. Y'all know I try and keep up with everything, but it comes to a point sometimes I just have to slow down and say, okay, it's going to be what it's going to be because some of the things seem to be repetitive. Others are just seem to be new a little bit. And then there's others that just drive you freaking crazy, man. And I'm telling you right now, what we have going on in Washington, D.C. is just driving me crazy. I mean, it is just, oh, wow. It's just nerve-wracking, you know? <laughs> well, it's a shame that the citizens are supposed to be represented by individuals that are millionaires, and a lot of them were millionaires before they even went into government work, and uh, so they're just getting richer as they're sitting up there, guaranteed pensions and retirement, medical care they can get. But here's the issue. None of that is trickling down to the normal citizen. None of it. You know, the, me, you, you know, and I'm a vet, and I still have to fight for mine. You know, I don't get the best care either. It may be free, but, you know, it's questionable at times. I'll be honest with you. And, and, and you know, I said it's free, but honestly, it's not free because I put in 21 years to earn it. But, uh, you know, but uh, for those out there that have to pay for the medical care and the medication, it's just ridiculous. You know, and then you have citizens out here being shot uh, unnecessarily. But only thing our supposed representatives are worrying about is getting rid of some knucklehead up in the White House that, hey, let's be honest, it's not going to happen, y'all. They're not going to get rid of them. I've told y'all this before on previous shows. Shows it's not going to happen. It's not. The House of Impeachment, okay, they'll go ahead and go with the impeachment thing. But the Senate is not going to convict this man. They're too afraid of him, number one. And number two, election is coming up. So if you're getting all up and puff about, you know, yeah, we, no, it's not going to happen. I'll just be honest with you, it's not going to happen. Now you can you can try if you want to, but you know you got faith in it. But I I no longer have faith in those individuals. I really don't. For the last 
eight, what, eight, nine, ten, that last 11 years, really, what has our Congress supposedly representatives done for us, the citizens? What have they really done besides infight, you know, fight each other back and forth? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, okay. Some say, yeah, well, don't forget the tax cut. Well, I mean, honestly, how how many of you really, really saw any any improvement on your tax cuts? Really? On your taxes? How many? I've heard of many. A lot of people ended up paying more, you know, on the lower end. Well, that's not what it was supposed to do, correct? It was supposed to help the, 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 the citizens, the normal joke. But it didn't help us. It didn't. Now, you got all this stuff going on about Ukraine. You know, and, and it's interesting because Nick, Mick Mulvaney, he was doing a, 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 um, a press conference the other day, and he told it the same thing I said. You know, withholding funds from these other countries that need the United States help is nothing new. It's nothing new. Biden admitted to doing it. And I'm sure if you go back and research other administrations, I'm sure it was done sometime doing that too to get the United States. Let's be honest, the United States are bullies. They're bullies. You know, I, let's be honest, do it. Either you do it our way or you, you don't get what we're we going to give you. But we know you need it. So before you get all huffed and puffed and start talking about what's wrong and what's right, let's understand that is a part of the political uh, flow or uh, standard operating procedure. It is. It's SOP. It's SOP. Just like this instance right now with Turkey. I I mean, <laughs> you can go back and look at what happened with North Korea. The same thing. Everything was fine until a decision was made that was a bonehead decision, honestly. And now all heck is broken loose. But then what 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 happens? Oh yeah. I mean not North Korea, Iran. Oh yeah. Now we're gonna impose sanctions. Throwing rocks and hiding your hands. But in this case, there's no hiding the hands. Yeah, we throwing the rocks. We throwing them. But then again, that's the way it works, y'all. It's SOP. It is. It is SOP. Standard operating procedure. And don't think anything other than that, because that is what it is. All this infighting and carrying on is standard operating procedure. It's a circus. It's a show. But honestly, they could care less about us unless it's an election year. Then they care. Then they make all these great promises of what they're going to do. Have you ever noticed that, you know, they have all these great debates and they come up with all these great plans what they're going to do, this, but they never tell you how they're going to do it. They never tell you when they're going to do it. And you know why? 
because they know realistically nine nine times out of ten we're talking about is not going to happen. It's not. You know why it's not going to happen? Because you have people like McConnell, Pelosi, uh, Schumer, uh, Graham. All them jokers been up there 20, 30 years. 20, 30 years. And we expect, as citizens, we expect things to change because just this year, it might just change. No, it's not going to because you keep the same old people in office. And if anybody come in talking about change, they get run out. Uh, or they, they try and ruin their char- character, or they just disappear. Or they get put on some committee that really don't matter. And I'm saying, I'm going to say, people, we have to be smarter. If we want change, we have to make change. Just that simple. If we want change, we have to make change. That means vote these folk out of there that's been there forever. They have made their money. Legally and illegally. This thing with, with, with the Biden child over there making, you know, getting paid 5000 a month and, uh, and everybody up in arms about all those uh, political people, children over, them, over in foreign countries making money. Once again, this is not something new. It's not. You know, all the all the attention right now is on Biden. Why? Because he's running for the presidency. And, and, and honestly, he basically they feel the the Trump um, campaign team feels he's the, the the biggest threat to them being unseated. So let's go out there and create the big old thing. Same thing with the, remember when Hillary Clinton was running two weeks before the election, this thing came out that they were reopening the investigation on Benghazi. Let's not forget, that had died down. That had really died down until it was announced that the Department of Justice was reopening it. Then it became the national conversation once again. Standard operating procedure. <laughs> That's what this is. It, it really is. Now, don't take my word for it. Just go back and do your research, and you will find this is just how it's done. Year in and year out. You know, during an eight, uh, eight-year span, they may pass one major piece of legislation, and everybody applauds that. Then they go back doing the same old thing they usually do. Now, that piece of legislation that, 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 that they may pass, it may not even really have any effect on us, the, the, the citizen, the normal Joe type of citizen. It's just that simple, y'all. <laughs> it's just that simple. I mean, if you want to try and put it in any other way, you can't. You can't. You know, let's look at this uh, Ukraine thing. You know, first it was President Trump, the the, the ambassadors, Giuliani. Oh, it was those individuals, right? Now you got Rick Perry involved. Then you got this guy named Igor Friedman, uh, uh, Lev Parnas, and there's another guy that they haven't even mentioned. 
His name is Harry Sargent III. They haven't even mentioned him. So as this thing keeps going, you're going to find there's a whole lot of people going to get thrown under the bus. And it's only a distraction. It's only a distraction. But the mainstream media is going to jump all over it. They're going to keep biting and fighting and fighting and, and putting out the information. But the end run is nothing's really going to change. Let's remember, a president is only in office at the most eight years. At the most eight years. Right? Eight years. But you have congressmen, congressmen and women up there been up there 20, 30, 40 years. So what needs to change? What needs to change? I know there was a big push for term limits for um, the, the senators and stuff. Uh, Mr. McConnell said, well, that wasn't going to happen. This is when the Republicans was in charge. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's why we have elections. And honestly, he's correct. He is correct. That's why they have elections. But if you continue, if we as citizens continue to go uh, for the name we know, then stop yelling about term limits. Stop yelling about it. Because apparently we do not want anything to change. We're happy with the status quo. We like arguing about it. We like complaining about it. Because we haven't tried to make any changes. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. There's some truth to it, correct? If not, let me know. I, I may be on the wrong avenue here. But there is some truth to that. Oh, that's why the Republicans aren't trying to go against um, um, Trump right now. As he once said before in a rally, he got to shoot somebody right now. Not one Republican probably would condemn him, being that it's coming up on elections. We know his base won't do it. They've shown that. Of course, on the Democratic side, oh yeah, they'd be huffing and puffing. But don't isn't that what they all do? Huff and puff, huff and puff. Now let me talk up a little bit. I'm rolling away from that here for a moment. Let me talk a little bit about um this thing with Turkey and Syria. Okay. <laughs> because it's a very interesting piece of um, um, strategy going on here that I don't think uh, the normal normal citizen is really paying attention to. Okay, so there was a conversation between uh, the president and the president of Turkey, and you know the president said, "Well, we're gonna withdraw our soldiers." You know, Turkey said, okay, fine, we're going in. All right? And we're supposed to be um, protecting this piece of land up in northern Syria with, you know, the Kurds, who, you know, some are fighting with the United States to keep against ISIL or ISIS or whatever you want to call them. And, you know, it's this piece of land that Turkey says, you know, hey, they need to get away. 
Uh, this is our land. It, it's the same old, same old, you know, about a piece of, piece of land, basically. Okay? And the president of Turkey basically told him, if you withdraw your troops, we're going in. We're going in. So when the decision was made to withdraw these troops, do not think that it was a big surprise or it, it wasn't a surprise because it was already known it was going to happen. Now, the president of the day in a rally said, well, it's like two kids fighting. Let them fight. Well, if that is the strategy or the mindset for that little piece of land, well, let's pull all our troops out from all over the world then. Let all of them fight and figure it out on their own. Why is just this little piece right here? You know, why? Why this little tiny piece of land? Why, you know, this little area right here. Let's not forget, during the Gulf War, when the United States wanted to use Turkey as a um, a landing spot to refuel planes, Turkey told them, no, that's not happening. We're not going to allow you to use our airspace. See, people, you know, those are pieces of, of the research and the history that, that people are not thinking about. But let me go ahead and get back to this other piece here. All right. So now, you know, Turkey goes in, and they going over there, and they, they whipping butt over there now. Okay? Now, all of a sudden, since there's been a little uproar over this whole thing, now what does the United States want to do? Oh, let's throw some sanctions on them. Yeah, we're going to throw some serious sanctions on you. Well, the, the, okay. Once again, you throw sanctions on them. People get 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 desperate, and then they start coming after you, right? But to top it all off, Trump decides to send a letter to the Turkish president saying, "Don't be a tough guy. Don't be a fool." In regard to going in and attacking the Kurds, is this not pouring? Fuel on the fire. Now, the Turkish president in response says um, that Turkey will do what is necessary when the time comes to retaliate for that letter because they felt it was not diplomatic. It was not the way it's supposed to be done in international uh, um, deliberations. And, yeah. They don't have time for it right now, basically what he's saying. But when the times comes and we want to address this and we want to deal with this, we will. Once again, the United States is creating more havoc than they're solving anything. They really are. But let me tell you the, 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 the backstory to this whole thing. And, and what's really uh, the United States is really, and Israel. See, Israel being quiet on this because they're doing this little backdoor diplomatic um, thing. But let me tell you what the, the real side story to this whole thing is. Israel and the United States are hoping Iran would get involved in this non, in this conflict. Now, let's see, everybody's going to forget that the United States has been after Iran for the last, since they got out of the, um, the United States pulled out of the nuclear deal. Ever since then, the United States has been after Iran to try and change their regime. Okay? Don't forget that. Some of them Kurds up there are Shiite. Is it Shiite? Yeah, I think it's Shiite or Sunni 
uh, are Muslims. And they are some of them are supported by the Iranian government. So by allowing Turkey to go in and attack them, you know, Iran, the, the hope is that Iran would say, oh, heck no, we are not going to, no, we're going to help our people. And that pulls them into a conflict, which means then they could be condemned and America can go in and attack Iran. You see how that works? You see how easy that was thought about? And, and, and this is, is the way that it's operated on a, on, a, on a daily normal basis. There's always backstories to everything that is done by a government, especially this government here. There's always a backstory, an underlying motive to doing certain things. And we have to, as citizens, we have to understand that. We really do. Now, you know, I understand there's some people saying, well, you know what, that's about time we did that. You know, about time to just let them fight and let them do their own thing. Well, then, okay, as I said before, that's fine. But if you're going to do it for one side, do it for all. You know, just bring our, our, our soldiers out of out of the Middle East period. Of course, you know you can't, can't let that happen because now we have soldiers over there defending the oil fields of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. While the United States is supplying Saudi Arabia with equipment, uh, you know, military equipment. And they're using it to fight against the Yemen fighters over in Yemen. But they want to condemn Iran. See, this is such craziness. They want to condemn Iran because uh, the, the, the hot tubs or whatever they call them over there in, in Yemen uh, use some Iran stuff that sold them to bomb the, the oil fields. But the United States and Syria, you know, wants to blame Iran for it. Well, shouldn't the same thought process be applied to the United States and for selling the equipment to Saudi Arabia and they're using it to bomb citizens and uh, the hoopmas over in Yemen? Shouldn't that be the same thing? See, the hypocrisy is just, it's just amazing. It really is. It's amazing. But nobody wants to admit that. Because we're the strongest country out there. You know, they like to say, we're the strongest country out there. And we're the best in the free world. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We're also some of the biggest hypocrites there is. But nobody's going to admit that. No one's going to admit Because that's admitting, that's admitting that, you know, we're not doing what's right all the time. And we can't have that because we are arrogant enough to believe that whatever we do is right. And anybody that stands up and says anything different will be ostracized, criticized, and sometimes just gotten rid of if you don't shut up. (laughs) 
But anyway, so that that is, you know, what's going on with this with with this Ukrainian thing and and the Turkey thing. You know, with with the Ukraine thing, you know, so many people coming out and, and you know being involved in this and who's got this started and who's doing this. As in all of these things, just like the Mueller report and the Russian collusion and all that, there would never be any truth that would come out from any of it because neither side really wants the truth to come out. I know y'all 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 don't believe that, but that's the truth. Neither side really wants to. It, it's a good show. It is. It's a good show. But if you died deep into it and really get into it, what you will find out is both sides are guilty. Both sides are guilty. It's standard operating procedure. Golly, it's just one of those things. All right, like I said before, today is open mic. Let me hear what you got to say. Hey, I can keep talking, but I want to hear what you what's on your mind. You know, it's been a while since I let y'all get in a, a, a good point here too. So today is your day. So give me a call, 347-838-8622. Email me, ericletslettstalk at gmail.com. And, of course, our chat room is open at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. All right? So if you got anything you want to talk about, it doesn't have to be what I'm talking about. Uh, bring it on. Bring it on. You know, I, I try to be up on update on a whole lot of stuff, so it doesn't matter. If not, you can educate me. I'm not I'm not too too hard headed to say I don't know everything. <laughs> and I learn as much from you as you do from me. Hopefully you learn something from me. But anyway, continuing on. This past week Elijah Cummings um passed at sixty eight years old. Um he was the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. And um, you know, it was a big loss. It really was. Because I really kind of enjoyed him when he got in front of them, 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 them people testifying and he got talking crazy. He would jump on them and correct them real quick, real, real quick. Um, yeah. But apparently, you know, he had um, heart surgery and he had a little um, health. He had a little setback from that and had some other health issues. So, um, you know, condolences go out to his family and um you know, regardless, we have to keep moving on. <laughs> I hate to say it like that, and you know, and, and you know what? Let, let me talk about this for a moment, because I know some people are gonna say, "Oh, wow, Mister Talk, really? You know, you just like that?" You know, as a veteran, you know, I, I've seen a whole lot. I, I, I really have in deployments and things like this, and. You know, so, and especially when it comes to things such as death, you know, it's really trying not to sound insensitive, but sometimes it's just really hard to feel anything, you know, when it comes to death, when you've seen a lot of it. You know, and, and what you realize is, you know, yeah, it's one of those things where it's sad for the moment. But you can't let it linger. You have to keep moving. Does that make sense to you? And, and you know, I know a lot of people. You know, you know, they they, they take it hard, and it just eats at them, eats at them. But I, I'm, you got to let it go, people. 
you know. So if I sign a little insensitive about, uh, you know, Congressman Cummings, don't don't hold it against me. It's just I've seen a lot and I've basically become numb to it. Okay, and yes, I've had some very close people in my family pass within close proximity of each other, and yeah, it was hard. It was, but have to roll, have to keep rolling, because they're gone and you're not. <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but that's the truth. They're gone and you're not. So you have to keep moving. Have to keep moving. Um, you know, so with Cummins being gone as the chairman, who takes over now? Who who actually takes over? And for right now, it would be the second man, Representative Carolyn Maloney, okay, of, of New York. And she represents one of the richest parts of New York. You know, one of the very richest, rich parts of New York. That is, you know, the largest Greek um, communities in New York. So it's interesting to see how she would handle, you know, after, you know, this impeachment process as well. Because that, you know, that's who's been issuing all these subpoenas and things. The House um, Oversight Committee. So let's see if she's going to continue to go after the Trump administration and President Trump or, you know, will, will there be a little back office here type of thing. We'll see. We'll see. Um, one other thing. See, as I talk, hope more things roll into my brain. All right. Um, you know, when you talk about Congress and they put up these break flow shows about how the American people this and they fight for this, if that's the case, then when their breaks come, why do they leave on break? Why don't they stay and continue to fight and try and work things out? Y'all ever thought about that? But they go on break. They're going to break two or three, four weeks at a time. And you hear nothing from them. From them. They go back to their home states or, or to their vacation areas or wherever they go, and you hear nothing from them. Nothing. Not a dang thing. Is that somebody we really want to represent us as people? Do, do we really want them to represent us? Heck no. So let's vote them old dogs out of, and when I say old dogs, I don't mean it in, in a uh, derogatory way. I just mean they've been there forever. You know, they like that old old hound dog that don't hunt anymore, but just be sitting there holding up space, farting and carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get them out of office, y'all. Vote them out. Get some new blood in there. And let's see how how things work then. You know, you, you can't expect change if you don't make the change. <laughs> All right, so once again, it's open mic. Talk to me, y'all. What y'all got for me today? I have a lot, but I know I want to hear what you got. Because a lot of y'all got a lot of stuff to talk about. Y'all may not say it now, but y'all come on, talk to me. All right, let's move on here. Until y'all let me know what's on your mind uh, Here's an interesting thing that happened uh, when, when did this happen? Saturday so Yeah, this happened Saturday And this was really a sad, sad case Fort Worth officer kills woman in her bedroom In response to open structure call An officer, uh, officer responding to a welfare call Early Saturday morning in Fort Worth, Texas Fired once into 
a Tantiana Jefferson's bedroom window and killed her. Police say a weapon was recovered from the room in which she was pronounced dead. Now, <laughs> woo! Uh-huh. Now, see, this is sad. This is sad. Now, let me go on and say, ever since this has happened, um, the officer has been fired. No, he resigned. The police police chief said he was going to be uh, fired that afternoon, but the officer re- resigned that day. So, but anyway, let's go and talk about this because this was was really sad. It really was. And if you you know there was a video, then they were showing the video, and you see the cop walking around the house and you know checking things out. You know, but one thing they never did was never went in the house, number one. And the other thing was never identified themselves as police officers. He never said this was the police. He didn't. Only thing you heard him yell was, put your hands up, show me your hands. And then, pa-pa, it was over. It was over. So, when it comes to welfare calls or checking on people, how do you handle that? Is this another example of how that the citizen cannot trust law enforcement for anything anymore, depending on where you live at? Now, I'm not saying all law enforcement are this uh, reckless, because I, I can't say that. But in this instance, with the Fort Worth and the Dallas Police Department, they have had so many instances. You know, um, the report goes to say that when the officer was searching the perimeter of Jefferson's house, the officer noticed a person inside and standing near the window, which police say was perceived as a threat. This is when the officer drew his weapon, ordered Jefferson's hands up, and shot. Now, <clears throat> once again, once again, the door was open to the front of the house, right? Why didn't at least one officer go in and make it known that the police was there? Why didn't they do that? Would common sense say that? And even though you did walk, and this was a welfare. This wasn't a call about a burglary. This wasn't a call about a hostage situation. This was a welfare call. Go and check on, see what's going on. The door was open. The neighbor across the street was concerned. He didn't call the emergency number. He didn't call nine one one. He called that non-emergency number they give you for police department. And even though the officer did see somebody standing by the window, he's fucking in the house. She's in her house. So how did it all of a sudden it becomes a, a, a threat? She became a threat. It makes no sense. Scary officers need to be taken off the street. And that's what it came down to. The guy was scared. Trigger happy and scared. 
And in all cases, all of a sudden, there's a weapon that was found. Well, she's in her house. She's in her house. It didn't say the weapon was pointed at the officer, did it? No. But let's be honest. If you're a homeowner and you see somebody creeping on your window and you have a weapon, don't you think you would go and get it yourself? I know Harkham would. And I know Harkham has a lot of weapons. Y'all don't know who that is, but I know who it is. He's probably laughing right now, but he knows, yeah. But the weapon was discovered, supposedly discovered afterwards. So there was no reports of a weapon being pointed at the officer at any time. See, and that's another thing with law enforcement that I think a lot of people have a problem with because all of a sudden when they're wrong, they try and switch the narrative to make it, make it seem that the person that was killed was in the wrong. But it, it, no, no. Authorities say that when they entered Jefferson's home, a gun was recovered from the bedroom, the area where police shot and where Jefferson was pronounced dead. Officers did not say whether Jefferson was holding a weapon at the time the officer fired at her. Tatum said Jefferson's having a weapon should not have justified the use of deadly force. Exactly. And Tatum was the um, police chief. Exactly. Once again, you have scary cops going out here, calling themselves protect, supposed to protect the citizens, and they're executing them. That's basically what this comes down to an execution. You know, now the neighbor across the street is just, you know, emotionally, emotionally hurt. He said, I feel guilty because if I had not called the police to do a welfare check, my neighbor would still be alive. So he's feeling guilty for the actions of the police department. Now, let's remember, this is not, this is less than a month that Amber Gagger um, trial just ended. When she went in and shot both of John sitting on his couch, talking about it was her apartment. What is going on with law enforcement, y'all? What kind of people are, are, are these departments hiring? One can't realize she's in the wrong uh, apartment and just shoots a man sitting there eating ice cream. This cop, he goes to a window, sees somebody, yells and fires. Never identifying himself. Never going through the front door, which was open and identifying himself. What is going on? What, is, what kind of training are these these officers getting? And what can we as citizens do about it? This was a quote-unquote welfare check. It wasn't a threatening call. It was not a threatening call. It's sad. It is sad. But they want you to believe that because there was a weapon found that there may have been a threat. We just don't know. No. No. We know better than that. We do. We know better than this. 
We do. I'm going to tell y'all a story. And this is how <laughs> I know something just ain't right. I'm going to tell you. You know, I, I was a, um, a manager at a, um, a fast food restaurant. And I had been working there about a month or so. And also, I think um, we had um, uh, dry, listen to me. We had a freezer or something go out. So, you know, I'm in back looking to see if any any um uh fuses anything and then the blown, you know, to click it back on and I found this button. You know, not knowing what this button was. I pushed it, you know, saying, Well maybe this can turn turn the um the the the, the uh, uh what is this? The the freezer back on. Right? Now <laughs> not knowing what I'm pushing, you know, just you know, Pushing the button trying to see. So as I'm closing, you know, because we had closed, you know, so as I'm doing my final checks, you know, count my money and stuff like that, I noticed a police car on one side of the road. Okay, they done stopped somebody or he just sitting there doing reports, right? Then I noticed another police car sitting on the other side. So I'm like, okay, all right, interesting. You know, all of a sudden, I see a body creeping toward the front door, you know, from the side. So I'm looking like, what in the world is this? You know, I go and look because I want to be, I want to know what's coming at me, right? And it was a police officer sneaking up on the front door. Now, I walk toward the front door and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me. Now, at no time, I, 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 I'm telling y'all, at no time did that officer draw his weapon and point it at me. Okay? Not one time. And y'all know what button I hit? I hit the sign of the alarm button. That's what I hit. But at no time did that officer draw his weapon and point it at me. Now, if there was ever a time for that to happen, I would think that would be special with me walking toward the front door. But never never did that happen. You know, he communicated with me. I communicated with him. I unlocked the door, and I let him in. And it was squashed. Just like that. So what is what is what is happening? What is happening with these new police officers all of a sudden? Why are they automatically shooting and killing these people that have done nothing? Nothing. Trigger happy. Nothing. Is it because of um um media? Is it because of media now? Is it because of the narrative that, you know, everybody's out to get the police? Which is not true. I mean, it's not like law enforcement is making it easy on themselves. So, my question is, is it, should there be more training for these officers? More intense training? More situational training? 
Should there be more psychological testing done for these officers? I mean, is there an answer here? Because this cannot continuously go on. It just can't. Too many innocent people are losing their lives. Now, I used to say, hey, it's your time, it's your time. I used to say that. But I've grown a little bit and I realize sometimes we leave here a little bit earlier than we're supposed to. However, you know, what can we do to stop this? Because it's becoming too commonplace. Becoming too, 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 it happens too often. It's happening too often. How do we fix it? Can it be fixed? Can it? I, I guess that's the question. Can it be fixed? Or do we just leave it as leave it as a hope that it, it gets better? Maybe that's what it is. We just hope that it gets better. I don't know. Y'all let me know. Three four seven eight three eight eight six two two is the number. All right. Eric Let's Talk at gmail.com is my email, and the chat room is open at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's keep, let's stay on the, the, the things about the police shootings here. Um, as I mentioned before, good segue here, um, the Amber Geiger trial just ended. And, of course, she was given 10 years, but the biggest thing everybody was upset about because the judge and, and the brother gave the, the, um, the and Geiger a hug and everybody got thrown all out of whack because of it. And I've covered that already, and I'm not going to go too much further than that unless you want to. But there was a man that testified in the, um, in the trial, um, and... <laughs> Basically, a couple of days after he testified, he was killed. He was shot and killed. Now, is it coincidence? Or was he punished because he testified? Now, see, now this this borders on conspiracy theory slash coincidence. Yeah. But it, it, it's suspicious to say it's really suspicious. Now, <laughs> you know, it, it's really suspicious because the tale that that is being told now is really, really shady. Yeah, the, the tale that's being told by law enforcement is really shady, and I don't know y'all. I don't know how much of it y'all y'all done followed or uh, heard about, but yeah, this is it, it, it's crazy. Oh, hmm. I ain't know the boy was there. All right, so then his name was Joshua Brown, Mister Brown. Um, days after the trial ended, testifying, Mister Brown was shot down in his apartment complex parking lot. Okay. Now, <laughs> it's interesting because 
basically what they're saying is it was a drug-related shooting and a drug deal going wrong. Okay? Of course, it says Mr. Brown had been shot in the mouth and the chest. Okay? Um, what? Witnesses say Brown was shot in the side and the buttocks. So, however he was shot, he died. Okay? Um, now, another official who spoke anonymously, isn't that wonderful how they do that, said he was shot in the back and the thigh. Okay? So, you know, and then the Dallas police said he was shot multiple times in his lower body. So, who knows where this guy was shot at? Well, we know he was shot and he died, right? <laughs> we do know that. We do know that. Um, here's another interesting aspect of this thing. As I said before, police said this was a drug deal gone wrong. And, um, of course, as always, whenever the police is involved with a shooting that seems a little suspicious, they go and dig up dirt on the suspect and make him seem like he's the biggest dirt bag there was. So, you know, the, 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 the star ball or to keep sympathy from the victim. And of course they mentioned all his arrests and for drug related, um, uh, things and, you know, made him seem like, okay, he was a drug dealer, right? Yeah. So they arrested two guys, Jacarius Mitchell and Michael Diaz Mitchell and Thaddeus Charles Green. One was 19, one was 32, the other one was 22. Now, here is, <laughs> I, I mean, you can't make this stuff up, y'all. You cannot make this stuff up. They want you to believe that these guys drove 300 miles from Alexandria, Virginia, I mean, Louisiana, in a rental car just to rob this guy Brown. That's what the police want you to think. If you didn't think there was anything suspicious about it, wouldn't that make you think, wait a minute. Now, here's the kicker about this whole thing that, you know, nobody's really talking about. The guys admitted that they had never had any action, interaction with Mr. Brown. None. They didn't know Mr. Brown from the man on the moon. So how do they intentionally drive 300 miles to rob somebody when they have never met them. But it was a drug deal gone wrong. Put that together and see how that, that, that works together there. It doesn't. It doesn't. How did they know he would have drugs that day? How did they know where he lived at if they had never met the guy, never had any interaction with him? How did they know? <laughs> you see how suspicious this is? Now, it was interesting because when reports came out, they said there was a civil sedan that pulled up, shot him, and pulled off. Now, we do know a lot of undercover officers, you know, they ride in cars that look similar to that. Right? 
Now, but we're gonna continue. We're gonna we 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 gonna continue because this is this is just really crazy. You know, uh, when asked by a prosecutor whether he had some issues in the past with police officers, criminal justice, Brown acknowledged that he had. The prosecutor mentioned two convictions, you know, um, but a search of public shows several additional cases. You know, he spent 30 days, 30 days in jail in one place. Uh, you know, he did a little something in Austin where. You know, he was found sleeping, passed out in the car, and in a search of his vehicle turned up cocaine, marijuana, you know, and an anti-anxiety group. Uh, you know, he pleaded guilty, you know, and was sentenced to um, 18 months probation. Now, this is stuff they're saying. This is this is the stuff they're saying. All right? So, <laughs> oh, I mean, you, you really, you really can't make this stuff up. You know, now, here's another interesting part about this. The, you know, did he live in the same apartment complex he lived in when both of John's got, got was shot? No, he didn't. No, he moved from there after the, after the shooting. He moved from there. That's what the reports say. He moved from there. So, what happened? What happened? Y'all see how this is not adding up? Y'all see how this is just sounds crazy? This sounds crazy. Now, this is what the guys that are arrested said happened. According to arrest warrant for David, Green, one of the guys that you know was involved, got out of the car to talk to Brown, leading to an altercation. Jacurris Mitchell told police that he got out of the car and Brown shot him. Then he heard two more gunshots as he fell back into the car, according to an affidavit. Green then got into the car with Brown's gun and a backpack containing marijuana, police say. Mitchell, the driver, and Mitchell's uncle then dropped off his nephew at a hospital. And then Green directed him to lie about where he was shot and who he was with. Okay? This kill was a Silver 2020, it was a Silver 2020 Kia, and they returned it to Alexandria on that Sunday. Officer found a holster in Brown's waistband, but no gun. According to affidavit, when police searched Brown's apartment, they seized 12 pounds of marijuana, 143 grams of THC cartridges, and 4,000 cash. <laughs> Man, does this sound like a setup or what? I, I'm sorry. This sounds of the setup to me. I, I can't go with that no more. You know, and to top it off, and to top it off, they drove 300 miles. 300 miles. You know, I'm trying to find out where, where you know, because they had never met this guy. They never, they didn't know who he was. They didn't. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to say, see where it says that. Yeah, on Tuesday, police released arrest warrant affidavits for three suspects saying three men had driven to Dallas from Alexandria, Louisiana, in a plot to rob Brown. Yeah, we know. Um, I'm trying to see where it says that. Because it's in the report. Well, one of the guys said they didn't know who he was. They said they didn't know who he was. 
They said they say Brown had just returned to the apartment complex from watching a football game and was standing in the hallway when he heard what sounded like two people meeting by surprise, then gunfire. He ran to safety after that, he testified. Okay, then he was testifying about um the trial. Ah I can't find it right now. But yeah, basically they said they didn't know who this guy was. So if they don't know who he was, why would you drive 300 miles to rob him? Right? Does that make sense to y'all? Does that make sense to y'all? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, when you think about logically, it makes no sense whatsoever. None. None. None, none, none. But, once again, Something suspicious happened and it involves Fort Worth, Dallas with the police officers and shooting and hmm, all of a sudden the, 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 the victim, you know, is made out to be uh, the criminal, the, the bad person here. And quiet as kept, it has gotten quite quiet about what happened, Right. Yeah. So those are the two the things involving local I mean, I ain't gonna say local, but police officers shootings and you know, how questionable they are. They are. Well I'm not gonna say this is was a police shooting per se, but the stories that being told and the, the coincidence that he testified against a police officer mm, that's too too coincidental. Too coincidental. And we do know police unions are pretty strong. And the blue do back their own. Right? Yes, we know this. The blue backs their own. They protect their own. <laughs> oh, they do protect their own. But then again, who are we to figure that out, right? We're not that smart. We're not that intelligent. We're not that intelligent. All right, so that's all I got, y'all. I I don't have any more. I keep talking. But I want to hear what you got. Talk to me, y'all. 347-838-622. Today is your day. Open mic. Open mic. You know, you know, you, you sit back and, and you go through this stuff and you read and you read and you search the internet. You look at different reports, and you know it's amazing how, as humans, we let our minds uh, lead us to whatever we want it to lead us to. Now, why am I saying that? Because when you take a look, when you take a look at um, when you take a look at everything that's going on. You know, with the presidency, uh, uh, shootings, you know, depends on what side those are or what you're letting your mind tell you. You know, there's never any give way for some people. In other words, if they're for Trump, they're for Trump. 
there can do nothing wrong. Just just the same it was with Obama when he was president. If they voted for Obama nine times ten, Obama could do no wrong. Well, I'm here to tell you, they all do wrong, okay? Some is just more uh, um, noticeable than others, but they all doing wrong. They are all doing wrong. Okay? They are. And this is a country where you're allowed to have free speech. Okay? You're allowed to have free speech to a certain extent. Let's be honest, to a certain extent, because if you say the wrong thing, you will get a visit by some people. All right? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest about that as well. So free speech is free up to a certain extent. All right? But here's the point I'm trying to make. When somebody says something, and just because you disagree doesn't make them wrong. Okay? Now, this is the point I'm making. It doesn't make them wrong. They just don't agree with what you're thinking at that time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think the problem we have is the way we communicate with each other. You know, I was having a conversation the other day on Facebook, and it was such a nice conversation because there was no yelling. And, you know, you can yell on Facebook whether y'all know it or not. You know, that's what they tell me anyway. But there was no yelling, no name calling, no obscenities. It was just a conversation. And, yes, it was about politics. And the amazing part of the whole thing was there were some points that everybody agreed upon. There were some points that everybody disagreed on. But it was a conversation. It was civil because everyone respected what the other person had to say. And that is the point. You you know, as people, as humans, we have to respect what other people, everybody's not going to think the same. Yeah, we know there's some buttholes out there that's just, you know, ignorant and obnoxious. And, but does that say you have to be the same way? No, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and we were talking about um, the trial, the Amber Geiger trial. And on the day they kept saying, well, she was racist, and, and, and he shouldn't have hugged her, da, 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 back and forth, back and forth. And my question was, just because she was racist, does that mean the boy who gave a hug had to be racist? And you could hear crickets then. You know why? Because it made too much sense. Just because you call me out my name, do I have to call you out your name? Now, that's not saying I may not want to, but do I have to? No. No. Now, don't get it twisted. Depending on what you call me, you may be laying on your back. But, you know, and once again, I'm going to say it again. It's okay to hear what other people have to say. It's okay to see common ground what other people say. It's okay to disagree with them as well. It is. You do not have to agree with everybody all the time. 
but I mean, what purpose is disagreeing with somebody every time as well? As much as I, I stay on the president about the crazy, crazy things he do, there have been a couple of things that he has done that I have supported. Just like Obama, when Obama was in office. If he did something I didn't agree with, I said I didn't agree with it. Regardless of what people thought. See, and that's the other thing. You have to stop worrying about what people think about you and what they think about what you say. Because what you feel and what you think is your brain. It's, it's you. That's what makes you you. You don't have to... You, Kowtow to everybody and agree with everything everybody say. That's crazy. That means you don't have a mind of your own. You know. Just you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Because. Just listen sometimes then. If you don't agree with them, you don't have to go back and argue with them. Just listen. Just listen. It's not going to hurt you to listen, is it? And actually, by listening, you may realize, hey, they have some that's some uh, pretty decent um, points there. But if you, by the time the, the third word come out of their mouth, you already have a dis- defense for what they're saying, then... You defeating the person even having the conversation. That's a fact. So, and, and uh, as, as I said before, I'm saying all this to say, you know, just calm down, listen to the facts, do a little research, educate yourself. So when you get in those type of conversations, you don't have to just spout out talking points. You can actually spout facts. Yeah. And listen to the other person. They may be telling you some facts as well that you weren't aware of. But if you're always on the defensive, then that makes it kind of hard. For anybody to have a conversation, you know, conversations are, are, are pretty good, really. Because you'd be surprised at as, as some of the conversations that you would have um, that would actually end up with making a new friend, you know, or gaining a little clarity on the situation, or even coming up with a solution. But you have to have the conversation without the yelling, name-calling, Physicality. You know, I, I see these videos where they have some of these Trump, um, Trump, Trump people, and they ask them questions, and they really have no idea what they're talking about. They don't. Why? Because the only thing they heard is what's been said in the media, and that's it. They haven't taken the time to go and do any research to find out what's truth or not. But at the same, on the same thing, uh, same token, right? The same thing happens on the Democratic side as well. You hear people talking, but they have no idea what they're talking about. 
talking out the side of their neck. Yeah, talking out the side of their neck. People, do your research. Don't depend on others to to educate you, okay? Don't depend on others. Yeah, um, individuals like myself and others out there, we do a lot of research. We do a lot of reading. We do a lot of uh, 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 looking at videos and, and digging deeper than what what's on the, sub, the, the top. We do that. But you can do it, too. You can do it, too. Instead of being on Google looking up um, a song lyric or, well, now, you know, there ain't nothing wrong looking up with a song lyric, and I don't get me wrong. But, you know, some of y'all go on Google to look up the craziest thing. You know, look up some information. It's not going to hurt you. It's really not. You may actually learn something. And become and become a more dedicated or informed citizen, which may actually make you want to vote for the right person. See, once again, the other problem with this country is we have been conditioned, programmed, whatever you want to call it, to believe that I'm a Democrat, you're a Republican. We don't get along. We don't think about the same thing. That's not the truth. It's not. Only thing that is, is programming you to think one way. To give you what they call a closed mind. And closed minds don't get fed. Because they're closed. No, as I said earlier, all Republicans aren't wrong. All Democrats aren't right, vice versa. But if you're not doing your research and following up on stuff they're doing and saying, how do you know? Are you going to trust what what NBC, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, uh, who else, CBS, ABC? You going to trust what they tell you? They have their own agendas. They're told, they are told what to report and how to report it. This guy, uh, one of the guys on Fox News that, that just um, quit. I'm sorry, he resigned. I don't want nobody to get upset because I said he quit. But resign is another word for quit. I just want y'all to know that. Um, and look it up in your thesaurus. It'll tell you. Um, anyway. Oh, and this female that was fired from Fox News, they they admitted it. You know, all these, you know, Fox News, when they put out information, they put out the information that supports what they want you to know. Now, the interesting part about that is there may be a little truth in it. There may be a little lie in it. But it's to get you... They're thinking one way and believing what they want you to believe. So if you're sitting there drinking your coffee and that's all you watch it in the morning time, then the, the, your point of view is skewed a little bit because you don't know the truth because you've been programmed just to believe what you've just been told. When you go and grab that laptop or that, that get on your desktop, hit Google, type in what you want to know, and go down. And, and when you do that, 
Here's another interesting thing. When you do that, don't just stop at one article or, or one site. Pick multiple sites, okay? Pick multiple sites. You know, close out, retype it, find some other stuff, and read the different um, articles and opinions and things like that. And then you begin to see a clearer picture of what's really going on. It's not hard. We make it hard. We do. We make it hard. But if somebody came out with a pair of shoes, you know, it's uh, a brand new pair of Jordans, and they said, oh, you got to go online right now and order them, oh, the Internet would be, would be shut down. Everybody trying to find these shoes, how they can get them cheap. What you're doing then? You're going from multiple sites, multiple stores, trying to find who has the cheapest. Same thing with finding out with how your government runs. But then again, y'all don't want to know that. Y'all don't, because you really don't care. Long as it's not affecting your immediate bubble, you care less. And that's fine. That is fine. If that's what you, how you want to do it, do it.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.